0: I want to begin a new series today, and I want to talk about power as we start. When I say the word power, what comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? Um, I thought first, because I'm a news junkie and I watch too much news, um, I thought about the floods in and around Boulder, Colorado. It's power. Power. And uh, power that uh, pick ups, picks up cars and, like little toys, washes them miles away. The power to literally pick up garages and houses and send them tumbling and uh, not on the foundation anymore. The power, and this is powerful, when, when you see it rips away roads, that's power. Or, or maybe you think of, uh, again, just this weekend the power of fire and uh, I know some of you've been to the Jersey Shore and you've been on that boardwalk six blocks of that boardwalk is no more they had 400 firefighters attempting to put out that raging inferno and if you've ever been near a fire a, a large fire especially one that's out of control it's powerful it's it's something that uh, is not to be messed with maybe when you think of power you think of a hurricane and I'm talking about the hurricane specifically on August 29th 2005 anybody know the name of that hurricane Katrina that hit New Orleans 80% of New Orleans was flooded some parts of New Orleans was under 15 feet of water Over 1,000 people lost their lives. (laughs) Hurricanes are powerful. They really are. Or maybe you think of uh, a surge of water, and on December 26, 2004, in the Indian Ocean, there was this earthquake, and probably not many would have ever noticed except that from that earthquake in the Indian Ocean, a tsunami formed. It sent powerful waves in all directions. And do you remember that? What happened? 90-foot-tall waves smashed into Indonesia, Sri Lanka, India, Thailand, as far away as Africa. I don't know if you know your maps, but Africa, there were some people who died and lost their lives in Africa. Over 230,000 people died because of the power of the ocean and those waves that tsunami. I could go on, could talk about the, uh, the F5 tornado that hit Moore, Oklahoma this year, May 20th. Winds, they clocked at over 210 miles an hour. That's powerful. <laughs> and, and literally at that, at that kind of tornado, it rips bark off of trees. It, 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 rips, um, it rips roadways and asphalt off off of the road. It, it's, it's really frightening, the power of a tornado or the power of a nu- nuclear bomb. And I, I did some research on the nuclear, there's only ever been two nuclear bombs uh, unleashed on planet Earth, uh, both over Japan. Over 200,000 people died, leveled the Earth for miles. So, um, power. But, but today we're going to talk about the power of God. The power that God promised to the early church. The power that God promised that he would send through his Holy Spirit. And, uh, oh, by the way, that promise to the early church is also a promise to the church of 2013. Isn't that good news? So it wasn't just, oh, well, they had power back then. We don't know. It's the same power that's available to us today. And uh, we'll see God deliver on that promise next Sunday. But today we're going to see the power of God unleashed in and through the local church. And, and it's pretty cool. And I believe, are you ready? All those other powers, all the other, the floods, the fires, the tornadoes, the bombs, the hurricanes, the tsunamis, all of those other powers in comparison, they, they pale, they're puny in comparison to the power of God through his spirit. And uh, we're going to look at that even today. It's on the back of your bulletins. Um, Dan's going to put it up here on the wall. Let's stand together as we start the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. We'll read verses 1 through 11 together. Ready? Let's declare God's word out loud. In my former book, Theophilus, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight." Lord, uh, the truth is uh, that power that we just read about is largely missing from churches today. So uh, we're asking that as we begin this journey through uh, the book of Acts, that uh, this uh, digging in and seeing your power alive and active in your church... I'm asking that this wouldn't just be an academic exercise. Help us not just to file these facts away in our hard drives. Lord, I'm asking that the very same power that we read about here today would show itself strong and true and real and active to each and every person who said yes by faith. Your son Jesus Christ and the cross. Lord, Lord, uh, we desire to see that same power activated in our daily lives. And Lord, I'm praying that we wouldn't be satisfied with ordinary or lukewarm or mediocre any longer. Lord, uh, you've promised us power. We are going to read and see demonstrations of, of your power at work. And Lord, I'm asking that you'd make us hungry to see your power in your church alive and vibrant and on the go we want to pause for just the next few moments Lord we recognize that uh, there are times where we uh, fall and fail and, and we mess up in lots of different ways that's part of living on planet earth today um, it's part of having an old sin nature still, so Lord, would you point out areas where we've fallen, places where we've messed up and missed the mark? because Lord, we want to hear clearly from you today, Lord, we truly desire to do business with you, even right now. so you point out where uh, where sin hasn't been dealt with where We've maybe excused or ignored or pushed under the rug of our life. Uh, sin, things that you call sin, point that out right now. We want to hear from you. And as you point out what you call sin, Lord, we're going to agree with you, and we're going to do the U-turn. and We're not going to lay there in the ditch of sin any longer, but we're going to run to the cross. And Lord, we're grateful that you took the hit for that sin that you're talking to us right now about. We're grateful that you paid the price, that you shed your blood for what we are right now presenting to you, and we write that check of confession, even now. Wash and cleanse and purify the walls, the barriers that sin raises up between us and your son, Jesus. Lord, just tear them down right now through confession. And Lord, help us to know and believe that we're back in right relationship with you. We're ready to do business. We're ready to hear from you. We're ready to respond as you make yourself clear. And all the church gathered at Walloon Lake said with anticipation... you may be seated Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Jesus offered his life on the cross That's, that's what the gospels are all about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John Jesus, the Lamb of God the second person of the Trinity takes on human form and offers his life as that perfect sacrifice on the cross at Calvary are you ready? In the book of Acts, the risen, resurrected Christ offers us the resurrection power of himself to the church, to his kids. Think about it. We have the power of Jesus Christ. We have his presence through the third person of the Trinity living right here. The book of Acts is the account of the work of the Holy Spirit in and through the church. And uh, in case you didn't know it, we're going to see this over and over. God's plan today to change the world, it's the church. It's the church, Perry. God's plan today, he's going to use the church to get his divine plan and work accomplished. Dr. Luke was the human author of, that God chose to write down two of the most amazing books in the New Testament. Uh, The first book that Dr. Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit, put pen to parchment, is the Gospel of Luke. And I want you to look at verse 1 and verse 2, because he references back to the Gospel of Luke as he begins the book of Acts. Acts 1, verse 1, he says... In my former book, Theophilus, um, talking about the Gospel of Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. That's what the Gospel was all about. Everything Jesus was about in doing and teaching. Verse 2 until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. Now, what's interesting is that. Uh, Both books, Luke and Acts, are written to the same guy. Uh, We see that here, uh, verse 1, in my former book, Theophilus. And in Luke chapter 1, in verse 3, he's mentioned again, this gentleman named Theophilus. And uh, Gordon, don't you wish we knew a little more? Guess how much we know about Theophilus. Zip, he's never mentioned anywhere else. Um, and the only thing we know for certain is what one writer said is that he was given the awfulest name you can give a baby (laughs) that's that's preacher humor, sorry (laughs) second book uh, Dr. Luke wrote was the book of Acts and uh, as I've been getting ready for uh, the book of Acts and I've been doing uh, quite a bit of reading on backgrounds it was really interesting to see what a great historian dr luke is and uh, probably because he wrote luke and acts i would argue he probably is the most examined and scrutinized historian uh... in all of history um, but what's interesting is what a great historian doctor luke is and let me give you a little little background story i i think uh... This will help. In the early 20th century, a British scholar named William Mitchell Ramsey, uh, he was a renowned scholar, but he also was an agnostic, didn't have a relationship with God, didn't think you could. He set out to disprove Dr. Luke and his historical accounts. That was his goal. And he was going to trace the missionary steps of Paul through the book of Acts. So he was going to go around to all the different cities that Paul is recorded to have been to and he was going to really test the uh, historical credentials of Dr. Luke. He was expecting to find massive errors and huge misstatements. Dr. Ramsey was overwhelmed by the evidence he found. Here's what he writes. Every title, every magistrate, Every city I uncovered was just as Luke had written it down. It, he says, every shovel I turned, I found truth. The accuracy of Dr. Luke is amazing. And this is, this is the great part of the story. And as a result of seeing how accurate God's word is over time, Dr. Ramsey became a follower of Jesus Christ. And it was because he dug in and he found, you know what? This book really is true. It it really is accurate. It really is just as God inspired Dr. Luke to write it down. Verse 3. After his suffering, he, Jesus, presented himself to them, who's the them, talking about the apostles here, and he gave them many convincing proofs he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Verse 4, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Stay, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. Verse 5, for John baptized with what? But in a few days, you're going to be baptized with what? The Holy Spirit, okay? This is pretty cool. This is the only place we're told this. For 40 days, Jesus, after his resurrection from the dead, met with the apostles. And he met with them, and he taught them, and he prepared them. Any guesses what he was preparing them for? For his departure from earth we're going to see that in verse 9, just a minute. But for 40 days after his resurrection from the dead, he was with them, and he was teaching and, and meeting with them and, and giving them convincing proofs. And what specifically did the apostles need to be convinced of? Look at verse 3. What did he need to have them know down to their toes, to the bone, was true? And, and what, what is it? What did they need to know? That Jesus was what? They needed to know that he was alive. He talked. I think he he ate with them. And and it's really hard to to, to get a spirit to eat food. Did you know that? Um, And and he needed to to touch them and and to teach them. And and they could touch his wounds. And, And they realized he really is alive. And before they launched out in power, they needed to know Jesus is alive. And verse 4, don't leave the city till you get the gift. Don't leave. My father's got this amazing gift for you. Don't, you're not equipped yet to leave the city, so stay in the city. Verse 5, John the Baptist went around baptizing people with water. Catch this. John was preparing the people and pointing them to the Messiah, to the Savior who was going to come before he arrived. But he says this, that John was all about baptizing with water, getting you prepared, but verse 5, I've got this amazing gift, and you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Don't go anywhere. Don't head out of the city. You're not equipped. You're not empowered yet. Wait till the promised gift has been delivered to you. And here's the response, okay? Verse 6 is kind of fun, okay? Very clear teaching. He's been with them 40 days. And and here's what the apostles say in response. Then they gathered around Jesus and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Wrong question. (laughs) Wrong motivation. Wrong thinking. And and I, I I don't think Jesus probably got ticked, but I think I would have. And Have you listened to a thing I've said? Have you been paying attention at all? Uh, apparently not. Um, but you just need to know this. The Jews of this day were so tired of Rome. They were so weary of Roman soldiers that all they could think about was their Roman problem. I hate the Romans. I hate the Caesars. I especially hate the soldiers. I can't wait till they're gone. And all they could think about is, and this means you're talking kingdom, Jesus, so you're going to be the ruler of Israel now and boot them out of Israel. You're going to kick some Roman tail, right? Uh, I can't wait. And when is that going to happen, Jesus? Is that going to happen next week? Is that going to happen next month? Uh, You know, we could even wait a year, Jesus, but that's going to be soon, right? That's what verse 6 is all about. Get them out of here. We want them to go. When's the kingdom going to come? And the answer of Jesus is this verse 7. Pretty blunt. (laughs) Pretty blunt. Jesus said to them, Hey, boys, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. I. I, I know I know, you want to know when the kingdom is going to get set up here on earth, but frankly, it's none of your business, is what he says. That's how we'd say it. When I'm going to return and sit on the throne in Jerusalem, when exactly that's going to occur, it, it's none of your business. In Mark 13, 32, he's already told him that. You can look that up later. But Jesus said, the day and the hour of my return to rule and reign on the earth, I don't even know, Jerry. Jesus says, I choose not to know when that's happening. That's up to the Father. That's his plan. That's his role. That's his responsibility. Jesus says, Mark 13, 32, I don't even know the time or the hour when I'm coming back and going to sit on the throne. So, you ready? Ready? Next time you hear somebody and they're telling you that Jesus is coming back on this date. And and it seems like just about every year, some fool stands up and says, I got it all figured out. I I put it all together and and I just want you to know that you need to be prepared because Jesus is coming back and they, they give you the date. You just remember, look at Acts (laughs) 1-7. It's not your business. It's not for you to know the times or the dates of my return. Mark 13-32, what they're saying is this. They're saying, Jesus doesn't know, but I'm a little bit smarter than Jesus and I figured it out. What they're saying is, I know more than the second person of the Trinity. When someone talks about they know when Jesus is going to return um, again just strong not happening not available Acts 1-8 finally we arrive at the promised gift, the promised power and oh by the way this is the theme verse of the book of Acts so if you were going to devote yourself, community small group, to memorizing one verse uh, this would probably be a good candidate, okay? Acts 1 in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I just want you to note they want to know about this kingdom and when it's coming back. And now I want you to notice how Jesus responds to their ideas. Okay? They're worried about this little strip of land that we call Israel. They're all about, get the Romans out of here. And Jesus says, you know what? You're thinking way too small, guys. I'm talking worldwide stuff, Jesus says. My plan is you to take my good news and spread it worldwide. So, so you're all about this little strip of land, and I want you to know... My power is going to be unleashed worldwide. The kingdom, you might want to take a note, this would be a good place, okay? Uh, The kingdom that Jesus is talking about here, the kingdom of God is this. It's the rule and reign of Jesus Christ and his spirit in the lives of his followers. So if somebody says, what's the kingdom of God? It's the rule and reign of King Jesus in my life, through the Holy Spirit. And and that's where Jesus rules and reigns today. Got it? There'll be a day, that's down the road, and we don't know when that is, right? But there'll be a day when literally, physically, he'll set up kingdom here on earth. But today, the kingdom of God is all about the church. Those who've said yes by faith to Jesus Christ, we Follow and live strong for Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now go back to verse 8. I want you to get it. He says, the reason that I'm about to empower you, the reason that I'm going to send my spirit is so that you can take the message of me all over the place. And for us, he's saying, I want you to take the message of Jesus to Boyne City and Petoskey, And Boyne Falls and Lanson and Chandler Hill and Charlevoix and Horton Bay and East Jordan. Did I miss anybody? Um, All over northern Michigan, okay? I just want you to grab this message and I'm gonna empower you through the Holy Spirit to just go everywhere and share the good news, okay? Um, And the key word here is what are we supposed to do with the power? What are we supposed to do? We're to be empowered to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. Witness is a huge word in the book of Acts. It's used 29 times. Okay? And a witness is somebody who tells what he's seen and heard. A witness, catch me, is someone who tells what I've seen and what I've heard. That's what a witness is. When you stand on the witness stand in court, the judge doesn't want to hear your ideas or opinions. Did you know that? Uh, I don't really care about your ideas. I don't care about your opinions. What have you seen? What do you know? That's all the judge cares about, okay? Now go back. You're going to be my witness, and I'm empowering you to be my witness, and here's what I want you to do. Follow me here. Just tell people what you've seen, Jesus do in your life. You you, you don't have to become this world-class scholar in apologetics. Just tell people, what has Jesus done in your life? Preston, well, this is where I was, and and I just want you to know, this is what Jesus has done in me. That's what a witness is. I'm just going to tell you what he's done in my life. Goofy me has become... A pastor, can you believe that? And, and, and I can tell him where I was, and you're not going to believe this, but he did this in me, and, and here's the good news, he'll do that in your life, too. That's what a witness is. You don't have to memorize a whole bunch of stuff. Here's what I've seen Jesus do in my life. And he's willing to do it in your life, too. And, and, and go back, verse 8, just just note, and you don't have to do it in your own resources He gives you the power to start sharing. He's going to give you the power, the resources, the energy, the boldness, the courage to speak up for him. And I found this one really interesting verse. You can turn there if you want. Matthew 24, 14. Um, Mark 13, 10 makes the same point. but Mark 24, 14. I've read the Bible through a bunch of times, but this is one of those that's like, wow, where have you been hiding? Um, It says this, and the gospel of the kingdom will be preached into the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. So Jesus says, "Um, I'm not going to come back, and I'm not going to fire up the book of Revelation until you, church, have done your job. Remember, I gave you this amazing command, Acts 1-8. I want you to go in my power and be my witness to the ends of the earth. And here, Jesus has already said, oh, and by the way, I'm not going to come back and set up my kingdom until you finished your job. is that interesting? Every once in a while, you hear people say, when's Jesus coming back? And I, I got the answer here. Matthew 24, 14, when is he coming back? Tom, as soon as we finish the job. He gave us a job. Get busy, share, and you got to go to all the nations. And once all the nations are reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ, then Jesus says, then I can come back. Pretty interesting, huh? Again, Mark thirteen ten says the same thing. And the power through the Holy Spirit to witness... And take this message from local to worldwide is the Holy Spirit. okay? And those are the very last words of Jesus on planet Earth. Verse 8. Just just let that soak in. And and the very last words Jesus ever said on planet Earth go and you're going to be my witnesses and start local Jerusalem. Start here. Emmett and Charlevoix and then And then move on and go throughout the Midwest. Um, And then go to Samaria. I would say that's probably the East Coast and the West Coast. Those would be our Samaritans, right? Um, And then then go worldwide with it. And you got the power to do it. I will empower you to be my witness. Tell them them what you've seen me do in your life. And that's the end. How do you know that? Well, look at verse 9. Here we go. And after this, Jesus was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Verse 10, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Verse 11, men of Galilee, he said, why do you stand here looking in the sky? Same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go, into heaven. In John chapter Gospel of John chapter 14, Gospel of John chapter 16, here's what Jesus said. It's a good thing that I'm going away. Because until I go away, you're not going to you're not going to get that powerful gift that you need to be effective witnesses for me. So he's already warned them, John 14, John 16, I'm going to send the comforter, and the comforter will give you the power through his spirit, but he can't come till I leave. And now Jesus says, get ready. And uh, 10 days, power's coming to launch. And what are they all doing here? Just look at verses 9, 10, and 11. And they're all doing what? Wow. (laughs) Can you believe that? Wow. Wow. And I'm sure some of them have already forgotten. And I'm wondering when he's coming back. They're already stargazing. Can I suggest that people today are still making the same errors? Church people are still responding inaccurately to the kingdom today, just like the apostles did back in Acts chapter 1. Verse 11, it's easy to get all consumed with heaven. And I can't wait to be in heaven and I can't wait to go, and they're all about speculating. Do you think this, and, and, and what do you think, and, and what do you think about what's going on in Syria right now? And, and I'm pretty sure that means that this, and I, and I see that in Isaiah and Daniel, and, and they're speculating over prophecy and angels and looking up, and Lord, are you coming back? Can I just say, this passage shouts, church, Your duty is to go in the power of the Spirit and everybody who crosses your path, witness. In the power of the Spirit, tell them what you know and what you've seen Jesus do in your life. That's our duty. That's our responsibility. Uh, Jesus is coming again? Yes, he is. Absolutely. Are you ready? But we don't know when... Every generation throughout church history was convinced Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. Did you know that? You can read through church history. Every generation for 2,000 years, they were convinced Jesus was coming back. This is our time. And you know what? That's exactly the way it's supposed to be. That's the doctor of imminence, which means Jesus could come back any time, Peter. Any time, okay? The boss, the king of kings says this. You ready? In the meantime, here's your duty. Here's your responsibility, church. We're just supposed to gaze up in the sky, right? You know, and oh, let's speculate and let's... No. Get busy and do your job. And if anything will hasten his return, it's us doing our job and completing the mission. So let me ask you a question. You ready? When's the last time you spoke up and witnessed to somebody about Jesus Christ? When's the last time you had somebody in your path and the opportunity was clear and you spoke up and you told them what you've seen Jesus do in your life? You opened your mouth and you shared what you've seen and know that Jesus has done in you. And then say, hey, and you know what? If he'll do that for goofy me, he'll do that in your life as well. And some of you are saying, well... Um, I just lifestyle evangelism, Pastor Jeff. I just live Jesus in front of them. And and here's what I want you to know. That's great. That's great. But if you go in front of a judge and you just stand there and said, well, just by my presence, that's all you need, judge. You don't need me to talk. What would the judge say? Uh, You better start talking or you're going to jail, buddy. Okay? You will speak up. What do you know? What have you seen? A witness Cheers with their mouth what they've seen Jesus do in our lives. We've got to open up, speak up now. So I suspect for some of us it's been a long time. Second error, second way we can get goofy on the kingdom go back up to verse 6 would you? Lord, you're going to restore your kingdom? Is it time to kick some Roman tail? And today, the other area, the one is all about heaven and prophecy and the future, and we're not doing the job. The other extreme, it kind of goes the other way. We take matters in our own hands. Okay, we're, we're going to force this society to listen, and we're going to do that, and we're going to find a political solution to our America problem. And we're going we're gonna to band together and we're going to petition and we will force through sheer weight the agenda that we want to be the agenda here in the United States of America. Uh, and we'll give people an economic problem to their, uh, an economic solution to their poverty, uh, a military solution to your troubles. Are you ready? Here's what Jesus says. My kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. My, my, my kingdom isn't about war or guns or bombs or putting my trust in politicians. Jesus says, I'm going to change the world one heart at a time. That's my plan. Got it? One heart at a time as my kids share what they've seen Jesus do in their lives. Isn't that interesting? One, one person at a time, we're on the march, we're on the move, And we're speaking about what Jesus has done in our lives. Any guesses what the most powerful force on planet Earth has been for the last 2,000 years? And even even atheists acknowledge this. What has changed this fallen world more than anything else by far the last 2,000 years? You know what it is? It's followers of Jesus... Who've listened to Acts 1 and verse 8. It's followers of Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, emboldened to live obediently to God's word, and in the power of the Spirit everywhere they went, they spoke up and told their neighbors, their friends, their co workers, their family members what Jesus has done in their lives. More than anything else, you know what's changed this world? It's Christians filled with the Holy Spirit who aren't afraid to talk about the awesome resurrected Jesus Christ who saved and changed a desperate sinner like Jeff Ellis. That's the most powerful force on planet Earth by far. And it's changed governments, and it's changed political systems, and it's changed radically, all sorts of things in this world. Slavery, we could go on. The power of Jesus Christ in his church is the greatest power on planet Earth today. <laughs> People today are looking for answers, aren't they? They're looking for economic answers. I got, economic, I'm, I got money problems. They've got drug and alcohol addictions. Marriages falling apart. Politicians who are ineffective and irritating. Can I hear an amen? Um, The suicide rate is climbing. People are hopeless. And we have the answer. (laughs) And, And we're too embarrassed and we're too ashamed to tell them the answer that they're looking for. Jesus Christ changed me. Just share your story. Jesus grabbed a hold of my life and took me where I was at, and here's what I know. If he'll do that in me, he'll do the same for you. That's the answer. And he will empower you. He will empower you to do that. Some of you are thinking, "Well, well, how would that work? Okay, you ready? This next week, Jesus gives you an opportunity to speak up. Okay? And I do this all the time. And I know, Jesus, you've given me the power, but right now I don't feel very powerful. Okay? So now I've got this opportunity to speak up. What do you do? You ready, Trav? I fire up a quick arrow prayer, and here's usually the extent of my arrow prayer at that. Okay, you've given me an opportunity, and I go, Help! And I mean it. I'm just crying out, Lord, I, I need power. <laughs> need it now. Help! And when you turn to the Lord and you ask for help, you know what? It's amazing. He gives you exactly what you need. And he helps you just to share your story. Run out of bullets. Okay, share your story. Okay, you ready for this? If you run out of bullets, run out of information, I told them everything I know. um, They want more. Okay, you ready? Why don't you come with me to church next Sunday? Do you like spicy music or do you like more hymns? I'll sit with you, whatever you like. Okay, so if you run out of bullets, invite him. Okay, that's what we're here for. We'll be a resource for it. Okay, you start, and you'll be you'll be surprised how often he'll use you, and you don't need the extra. But if you do, why don't you come with me to church next Sunday? Okay, and 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 I'll I'll pick you up, and we'll I'll even take you out for lunch. That's extra afterwards. Okay, and we'll talk about it. Okay, God's up to something. Did you know that? And the something that he wants to use is us. And the cool thing is, he's given us all the power in the universe. Is that it? the resurrected Christ is living right where here? Okay, I want you to point because some of you—I don't think you're convinced yet. The resurrected power of Christ is living where? Right, right here, right here. All the resources you need, right? Bow your heads. Lord, uh, we just come uh, to you right now and confess it's easier to gaze at the clouds and get all obsessed with your return. Or, Lord, to uh, go the other extreme and to take matters into our own hands and attempt to force your kingdom through uh, politics or guns or bombs or some other form of brute force. Lord, my prayer is that we in your church at Walloom would get back to living daily in the power of your spirit. And Lord, I'm praying that we'll get back to carrying your kingdom to everybody you bring into our path. And thanks that the resurrected power of your son Jesus is right here with us. And as we close, I just have one final question. Anyone say, okay, Lord, it's been a while. Might be a little shaky on it, but by your power, you bring somebody in my path this next week. I'll open up my mouth and I'll share what you've done in my life. I feel inadequate. I feel kind of puny, but uh, it's pretty clear this is your marching orders. And as you open a door for me to speak by your grace and power I'm going to tell them what you've done in my life anybody say count me in on that plan anybody anybody else anybody in the balcony yep count me in work powerfully Lord may Jesus get honor and glory and praise it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray all these things